Well, thank you very much. You are listening to WETF, the jazz station, South Bend, Indiana, and this is the Jazz Focus. I'm your host, John Clark, and thank you very much for joining us. Hope you make a habit of listening to some good jazz every week and uh, dropping in on us now and then, see what we're up to. We are today playing the music uh, of a piano player from the 1920s, a fellow named Kansas City Frank Melrose, an interesting character. He, uh, his playing has very often been mistaken for the work of Jelly Roll Morton and uh, some of the other uh, black pianists of the 1920s in Chicago, like Jimmy Blythe and Clarence Jones, people like that. He had uh, sort of internalized a lot of that feeling and a lot of the notes that those players played. And Frank Melrose was a white player, young fellow, uh, at the time, he was born in 1907 to a family of uh, musicians and businessmen, I guess you'd have to say. His two older brothers, Walter and Lester, were famous and infamous uh, in equal parts in Chicago music scenes uh, in the 1920s for being publishers. They ran a music store, a record store, uh, for a while a record label. They published uh, songs and stock arrangements. A lot of General Morton's compositions came out on the Melrose label. Uh, they got their names on a number of pieces as well that they may or may not have uh, composed, things like Someday Sweetheart. Um, and they were very successful businessmen doing uh, jazz and blues of that period. A little later on, the 1930s, they transitioned into uh, the rhythm and blues and the, and the uh, juke joint blues from the 1930s and some of the players like Memphis Minnie and Big Bill Brunzi and so forth. But in the 1920s, they were very solidly in the jazz market, and their younger brother, Frank, uh, did not have a taste for business. He did, however, have a taste for music. He was originally a violinist. As I said, he was born in 1907. He uh, went over to piano and started uh, listening to a lot of those great black uh, piano players in the 1920s and copying their style to a certain degree, but he had his own style as well. We just heard two sides by a band called the Beale Street Washboard Band, and these were songs uh, that were uh, very much in the style of Southside Chicago. Uh, we have two uh, very well-known players, the Dodds Brothers, Johnny Dodds on clarinet and his brother Baby Dodds on drums, along with Herb Morand, another New Orleans player. They, the Dodds Brothers were from New Orleans, and Herb Morand was as well. He played cornet. He later became better known for playing uh, with the Harlem Hamfats, the uh, blues and jazz group of the 1930s. He was uh, a half-brother, I believe, of uh, the singer Lizzie Miles, and also his brother Morris Morand was a drummer. And on piano, we had Kansas City Frank himself, Frank Melrose, the only white player playing uh, in this group. And those recordings were made for Vocalion in July, July 24th of 1929. We started out with 40 and Tight, a nice jazz tune that was credited to Frank Melrose, and uh, followed that up with a tune called Piggly Wiggly, which was credited to the saxophone player Junie Cobb, who we're going to hear from a little bit later in the program. So those sides, as I said, were made in 1929. Those were actually some of the last sides that Johnny Dodds recorded in the 1920s. He recorded again in the uh, late part of the 30s and in 1940 as well, but his career in the recording studios was largely over at this point. He was still a professional musician and played through the Depression, and uh, it's too bad he didn't record more after that because these recordings in particular were very well done, well recorded, and you really get a sense of Dodd's sound on there, along with uh, some very fine cornet playing by Herb Moran and some wonderful barrel house piano playing by Frank Melrose. So we're going to move on to a couple of sides, actually four that were done with uh, related groups. The first one, uh, the first band was called the Kansas City Stompers, 
And then uh, two tunes after that by the Kansas City Tin Roof Stompers. And these are uh, musicians who are active on the south side of Chicago, all African Americans other than Frank Melrose. And uh, some interesting personnel questions exist on these recordings. There's a fine CD that came out on the Collector's Classics labels called the Juni Cobb Collection. And that's uh, a fine label with usually very good personnels and liner notes, but they messed up on these Kansas City Stompers uh, sides. The, they transposed the personnel, and uh, I think they may have gotten a couple of things wrong besides. So the um, uh, recordings as listed on the CD are actually not the recordings you hear, but I think I've untangled them a bit. So we're going to start out with the Good Feelin' Blues, followed by Shanghai Honeymoon. Good Feelin' Blues uh, is an anonymous composition. Shanghai Honeymoon was a pop tune by Hansman, Melrose, and Shockley. This was not Frank Melrose. I think this was Lester in this case. Uh, it was recorded a number of times by some of these uh, black jazz groups that we've heard on various podcasts and shows in the past, the State Street, uh, Ramblers, and a few others. A little later on, uh, it was uh, the name was changed to On a Chinese Honeymoon and was recorded by the Mills Brothers. But here we have the original version and no vocals. In the band, we have Frank Melrose, of course, on piano. Jimmy Bertrand, a great percussionist, on xylophone, doing some interesting xylophone work. Tommy Taylor on drums. Ernie Smith playing uh, either baritone or bass sax, possibly both going back and forth. I think it's Darnell Howard on clarinet. He was... Uh, present on many of these uh, kind of casual, put-together Chicago jazz sessions from this period, and you had a very fleet style of playing. On cornet, uh, don't really know who it is. It's been sometimes called Jimmy Cobb, uh, who was Junie Cobb's brother. Cicero Thomas is another possibility. To my ears, it sounds like an older style player, and I think it might be, if not Freddie Keppard, then someone who is very enamored of his style, because he has the same sound, the same rhythmic feel, and he even has some of the same licks that Keppard played on those Doc Cook Dreamland Orchestra recordings from a couple of years earlier. So these have never been put forth, as far as I know, as Freddie Keppard items, but uh, certainly the style seems to be his. So the two tunes, as I said, we're going to hear Good Feelin' Blues and Shanghai Honeymoon, the Kansas City Stompers from July 2nd of 1929 for Brunswick. Then we're going to actually jump back a couple of months to March 15th of 1929 for the Kansas City Tin Roof Stompers, and we are going to hear... Um, Almost the same band, not quite the same band. Probably in this case, it is uh, Cicero Thomas on trumpet, along with Darnell Howard on clarinet, possibly Jimmy Cobb on tenor sax, if there's a second read, Ernie Smith again on baritone or bass sax, Frank Melrose on piano, Tommy Taylor on drums, and Jimmy Bertrand on xylophone, and slide whistle in this case as well. And the two tunes we're going to hear from that session are St. Louis Bound and Aunt Jemima Stop. And uh, again, these tunes are a little bit... Uh, curious in terms of their provenance. These uh, were themes that were probably floating around Chicago at the time. Aunt Jemima Stomp is credited to Malloy and Bingham, and St. Louis Bound uh, is apparently anonymous, depending on which record label you look at. So we're going to hear those four tunes. Then we're going to finish up with a tune by Wingy Manone and his Cellar Boys called the Whalen Blues. And I'll tell you about that on the break, uh, because we're going to have another version of Whalen Blues right after that. So, these are our tunes. We're going to hear the Kansas City Stompers, Good Feelin' Blues and Shanghai Honeymoon, and the Kansas City Tin Roof Stompers, uh, St. Louis Bound and Aunt Jemima Stomp. <laughs> Thank you. 
So that's quite a variety of great hot jazz from Chicago in the late 1920s up to about 1930, all featuring the piano of Kansas City Frank Melrose, the black sheep, if you will, of the Melrose family. Uh, he went into music rather than publishing and had that hand-to-mouth existence that was in common with most musicians of the time, most other times as well, as a matter of fact. And uh, he... Uh, in addition to playing and recording quite frequently in the 1920s with both black and white players, uh, he uh, played in a succession of clubs and dives in Chicago all through the Depression. By the early 1940s, 1940, 41 or so, he was showing some signs of uh, breaking out of that mold. He had a, a band that was uh, what we would call a Dixieland band. It would have been on the cusp of the traditional jazz movement, uh, featuring Pete Daly on cornet and Boyce Brown on alto sax, among others. And they made uh, some test recordings about 1940-41. He also recorded with Bud Jacobson's Jungle Kings around the same time. So the classic examples of Chicago jazz from that period, but unfortunately he didn't live to reap the benefits of those uh, recordings and the interest that was rising uh, in society about those earlier styles of jazz. He died under very suspicious circumstances in 1941. He was found on the street basically bludgeoned to death. It might have been uh, from a bar fight or he might have just been uh, attacked. Uh, randomly on the street, we don't know. He had alcohol problems, and he was uh, he had some some issues with life in general, I suppose. But his piano playing reflected uh, the great influences of the earlier style of New Orleans and Chicago uh, barrel house piano playing. So we started out with uh, two tunes by the Kansas City uh, Stompers, that uh, group from July of 1929. We heard the Good Feelin' Blues and Shanghai Honeymoon that may have featured Freddie Keppard on cornet. I'm not sure about that. Certainly a cornet player who is very enamored of Freddie Keppard's style, very similar in tone and approach and even in individual uh, licks that you hear in there. We also heard Darnell Howard, I'm pretty sure, the uh, clarinet player from Chicago. He started out as a violinist. He played with a lot of groups in the 1920s, King Oliver's, uh, Dixie Syncopators. He recorded a lot with the, some of the casual pickup groups like the State Street Ramblers and other ones as well uh, in the 1920s in Chicago. He traveled to the Orient, and by the time he came back, he was uh, uh, ensconced in the Earl Hines Big Band, where he remained through most of the 30s, and then he made a return to traditional jazz in the 1940s and played that style for the rest of his life. We also heard Ernie Smith definitely playing bass sax, playing the bass line in there, along with Frank Melrose on piano, Tommy Taylor on drums, playing some interesting drum breaks and solos, and Jimmy Bertrand on xylophone. And uh, those uh, tunes were... Um, as I said, quite interesting. Good Feeling Blues and Shanghai Honeymoon with some really fine playing by Melrose and Darnell Howard especially. After that, we heard Can the Kansas City Tin Roof Stompers playing two tunes. We heard St. Louis Bound and Aunt Jemima Stomp from March of 1929. And uh, less sure about the personnel there. It may have been Cicero Thomas on trumpet playing a more open uh, Louis Armstrong influence style in that case. Uh, definitely not Darnell Howard. If I said that, I changed my mind. It might have been Junie Cobb on clarinet and tenor sax. It might have been Cecil Irwin, who also was a, uh, a player in the Earl Hines realm around that time. Uh, not sure who. Some clarinet playing that definitely wasn't as flashy and some good tenor sax playing, and Howard was not known as a tenor player. Then we heard again Ernie Smith on bass sax, Frank Melrose on piano with Tommy Taylor and Jimmy Bertrand again. So some very hot playing and some interesting hot jazz tunes from that period, all from the south side of Chicago by African-American players except Frank Melrose. 
The last tune that we uh, had in that set will lead us into our next set, and this was a different type of group. This was a white group, all young white musicians who had been influenced by the earlier black musicians, particularly those from New Orleans. The band was called the Cellar Boys, and uh, it was probably led, at least uh, nominally, I suppose, by Wingy Manone, the New Orleans cornet player. Uh, he uh, had a good bluesy style. It was uh, very indebted to Louis Armstrong style. And uh, joining him in the front line were Frank Teschmacher on clarinet and Bud Freeman on tenor sax. And that tune we heard, the Whalen Blues, which we're going to hear several more versions of before the end of the program, based on uh, the Louis Armstrong tune, King of the Zulos. We heard a nice double-time Bud Freeman break in there and some very impassioned clarinet playing. We also heard an accordion uh, listed as played by Charles Melrose, but Frank Melrose's uh, daughter, Ida Souffler, has said that there was no such person as Charles Melrose, um, so it was a pseudonym for someone. We don't know who the accordion player was. It wasn't Frank because he plays piano. Um, he couldn't really get from one to the other, I don't think, quite as quickly as uh, was done on this recording, so it's a mystery, but he got several solos, this accordion player did. And then Frank, of course, on piano, and George Wetling on drums. So Wetling and Freeman, of course, uh, lived to go into the swing era and the Dixieland era beyond it as well. Teschmarker uh, passed away in an auto accident just a couple of years later. This uh, recording was made in January of 1930 for the Vocalion label. We're going to start off the next set with another take of the same tune, the Wailing Blues. And then we're going to hear two takes of a, of a song that was recorded by numerous different groups at the time, the Barrel House Stomp. And this was credited to all sorts of different people, Jimmy Blythe, Lester Melrose, and Junie Cobb, I think, on one title as well. But it's the same tune. It's also uh, a song that was recorded under a different title by Johnny Dodd. So this was a, a theme that was getting around in Southside Chicago and uh, Northside Chicago, for that matter, in uh, the late 1920s, about early 1930. So two versions of the Barrel House Stomp. Obviously a very evolved arrangement for a small group like this as well. Following that, we're going to uh, jump over to two sides that were done under Frank Melrose's name. He had recorded several piano solos and duets and so forth during the late 1920s, but this was a band side, um, or a band record, I should say. Kansas City Frank and his Footwarmers, so-called. This was done for the Paramount label, which was a race label. Uh, it was catering to black music and, and sending it off to uh, African-American uh, neighborhoods and so forth around the country. And uh, the fact that Frank Melrose was not only the pianist, but uh, uh, had his name on the label is very interesting, as you might uh, guess. The two tunes we're going to hear are another version of the Wailing Blues and St. James Infirmary Blues. And the band in this case is Herb Morand on cornet, the New Orleans player we met earlier, Joe Wiggins on alto sax, Frank Melrose on piano, Another accordion, uh, not sure who this was either, and Tommy Taylor on drums and slide whistle. We heard him a little earlier too, so we have kind of a, of a blended band here of some of the other groups that we've just heard. So that's our set coming up. The Cellar Boys, featuring William Minone, Frankie Teschmarker, and Bud Freeman, along with Frank Melrose, doing the Whalen Blues and two versions of Barrel House, and then uh, the two tunes by Frank Melrose and his foot warmers, uh, Whalen Blues and St. James Infirmary.
Some interesting sides done by Kansas City Frank Melrose on piano with related groups. So we ended up with two tunes done for the Paramount label, the Race Records label, in November of 1929. Kansas City Frank and his foot warmers. Herb Morand on cornet. Joe Wiggins. Uh, I don't know anything about Joe Wiggins, but he played alto sax and clarinet as well. Apparently the same player. Frank Melrose on piano. Tommy Taylor on drums and slide whistle on that last number. And uh, that accordion player I had mentioned on the other session. It must be the same one. These sessions were done about two months apart. Listed as Charles Melrose, but um, as I said, uh, uh, Frank Melrose's daughter, Ida, said that there was no such person, so it must have been a pseudonym for somebody, and um, some names such as Bus Moten have been floated about, but um, I'm not sure he was even in Chicago at the time. So it could have been just a generic accordion player playing in clubs who came in and played some of these blues solos. So we ended up with the St. James Infirmary Blues, great uh, old ancient blues uh, telling the story of, uh, uh, of death and burial, and uh, no vocal on that one, but a sufficiently uh, dark performance uh, featuring the slide whistle, giving a little otherworldly uh, element to it as well. We preceded that with the Wailing Blues. We've heard several versions of that, and uh, clearly a tune that the Chicago bands were working over at the time. Some good clarinet playing by Joe Wiggins, whoever he was, and some excellent piano by Frank Melrose on both of those sides. And we started out with the Cellar Boys, the second version of Wailing Blues. We heard the, uh, the uh, first version at the end of the previous set. That was the band with Wingy Manone on cornet, Frank Teschmacher on clarinet, Bud Freeman on tenor sax, uh, Frank Melrose on piano, George Wetling on drums, and the accordion player, whoever it was. Wailing Blues had that minor dark quality to it, and uh, we heard some really, really fine Bud Freeman tenor sax playing as well. And some interesting accordion, not, not disgraceful accordion playing at all. 
And then the Barrel House Stomp, which was a, a, a tune that uh, obviously was being played in Chicago, was recorded by three or four different bands, more or less the same arrangement. This one had a, a, a different, kind of a nifty introduction going into the verse. It's a verse and chorus strain. The chorus was basically a blues. That was the solo strain. And we heard uh, hands-offs between all of the horns, Manone, Teschmacher, and Bud Freeman. Uh, this also featured a very fine uh, Frank Melrose piano solo. In fact, both versions did. We heard two versions of Barrel House and uh, some remarkably different clarinet and tenor sax solos as well. So that was our set with Frank Melrose. We have two more tunes to go. Uh, he did not record a great deal, and he's credited uh, being on a number of other recordings that have been pretty much proven uh, otherwise in intervening years. And as I said, uh, we'll be playing some podcast uh, recordings of him in 1940 with that Dixieland band he had put together that he was hoping uh, to make a permanent uh, group, although his uh, death intervened, unfortunately, and that was not to be. So you've been listening to The Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and we are here on WETF, The Jazz Station in South Bend, Indiana. I hope you're enjoying these programs, as I mentioned my podcast, also called The Jazz Focus. You can find that on Spotify and Apple, uh, as well as our home, Anchor.fm. So take a listen to some of the programs there. These WETF programs show up there eventually as well. So we're going to round out our Kansas City Frank uh, tribute today with two sides recorded for RCA Victor, the best recorded sides of this uh, program. These were done by E.C. Cobb and his Corn Eaters. Cobb was, in fact, Junie Cobb, the clarinet and tenor sax player. He was a multi-instrumentalist who was the swing man in the King Oliver Dixie Syncopators. They played at the Plantation Club in the Sunset, and they had to do continuous music at one point. So they had an 11-piece band, and Junie was the 11th man, and he played all of the other instruments in the orchestra. So he would just move through one at a time and give everybody a break and just play continuously on all the different instruments. Here he plays clarinet and tenor sax, which were probably his best instruments at the time. His brother Jimmy Cobb is playing cornet. You hear some definite Louis Armstrong influence there. Frank Melrose on piano and Jimmy Bertrand on drums and xylophone. These are from December 10th of 1928, the earliest recordings we're hearing today. And we are going to hear the Transatlantic Stomp and yet another version of the Barrel House Stomp. Transatlantic Stomp is a Junie Cobb tune, and here Barrel House Stomp is credited to Lester Melrose, but I think it might have been by the black pianist Jimmy Blythe. So I hope you've enjoyed this Melrose show and uh, enjoy some good hot jazz from both sides of Chicago, the south side and the north side. So we're going to finish up with Transatlantic Stomp and Barrel House Stomp. (laughs) 